Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, February 17th. During the pandemic, vulnerable supply chains, including those in fashion, were already teetering on the edge. Experts were predicting that the gridlock would sort itself out in 2022, but that was before the war broke out in Ukraine. The impact of the invasion has rippled around the world far beyond the immediate war zone, and it's people in poorer, emerging economies who have undoubtedly been hit the hardest. Blockades of Ukrainian grain exports have had a compounding effect on hunger in some of the world's most vulnerable regions. Combined with extreme weather events like drought, hundreds of millions of people are now starving. I first met this week's guest on the BOF podcast, Jada Dwayan McKenna, when we were both students at Harvard Business School. We sat next to each other in our first semester. And last year at BOF Voices 2022, Jada took to the Voices stage to share critical insights on what we need to understand about conflict, climate, and today's global hunger crisis. Here's Jada Dwayan McKenna on the BOF podcast. This is an unlikely venue for me, and I'm so glad Imran brought me into it. 
I am a humanitarian, and I am proud to lead an organization of humanitarians. There are, Mercy Corps, there are 6,000 of us working in more than 40 countries around the world, from Afghanistan to Yemen, from Haiti to Somalia. It's an honor for me to lead this amazing team and represent them, whether it's meeting with small groups of UN leaders, which I was doing just yesterday in Geneva, or here with you all today. So thank you, Imran, again. I was so grateful and excited for this invitation to speak here. It's amazing for me to be able to kind of share the things that I'm seeing and my own efforts to bring the world together and think about how the best of what the world has to offer affects the places where I work. But as I said earlier, I'm used to speaking to a different crowd. So I was slightly terrified um, at the thought of planning what to wear. <laughs> um, from the dress to the shoes to the necklace, it was a lot. But as I thought about it and I got out of my head, I also reflected that when I travel to the more remote parts of Iraq or Somalia or Colombia, I always think the people I meet are dressed fantastically. They seem to be adorned in their finest, even though they're not. But everywhere I go, I see the pride that people have in representing themselves, their culture, their families, their communities. This session's all about the wider world, and while none of us can fully control the forces that are shaping our world today, we do get to choose how we represent ourselves in that world, but also how we engage with the world that we find, how we respond to it and act in it. I'm sure that for many of us in this room, our relationship with the wider world um, has shifted a lot in the past two years. We have collectively been through the trauma of a global pandemic. We have all watched with horror as war has unfolded in Ukraine. And together, we have seen the reality of the climate crisis in heat waves, flooding, and ever greater extremes of weather. So this is the wider world around us today. And many of us have seen how these global challenges impact our own daily lives. But what you may not have seen in our news feeds dominated by an evolving door of politicians, uh, elections, soaring inflation, high energy prices, is another story that is unfolding around the world. One that is largely untold, but could not be more urgent or more needy of your attention because these forces that we are all aware of and that are hitting us with high gas prices or high energy prices, climate change, conflict, and the COVID pandemic have created in 2022, the worst global hunger crisis in a generation. This is a crisis that will leave one out of 10 children malnourished by the end of this year. So I'll back up and talk about how we got here a little bit, because like everyone else, I want to end on a hopeful note. So the good news is that we have seen food crises before. 15 years ago, the price of wheat, rice, and cereals surged, triggering a panic and instability, may have helped cause the Arab Spring, and hunger around the world. And at that time, I left my role at the Gates Foundation and joined the Obama administration to launch a global hunger initiative aimed at tackling that. The then G8 at the time, before Russia invaded Crimea, <laughs> gathered together and said, we need to address this. But by the time I left the administration in 2015, five years later, 
we, together with partners across the world, had made such progress in addressing the hunger that the world began to raise our ambitions higher. So in fact, the sustainable development goals that were agreed to that year, a few years before we started setting targets, and we had the audacity to have a target of ending extreme hunger and poverty by the year 2030. So imagine that in just seven years, we had gone from the depths of crisis to the heights of ambition. But then came COVID-19 and a global pandemic that reversed in just two years the progress in tackling poverty that we had taken two decades to achieve. The immediate impact of the pandemic was like a natural disaster in every country around the world. And I think as we all saw, whether it was from here in London or in the US, that even though the pandemic was affecting all of us, it was not affecting all of us equally. And when you think about that around the world, how that hit the world's poorest and most vulnerable, that was all before Russia decided to invade Ukraine in February of this year, literally turning the world's breadbasket and wheat fields into battlefields. This is a country, Ukraine, that was once a breadbasket for the Middle East and Africa, exporting its wheat to Lebanon, Egypt, Somalia, and beyond. So added to the COVID and the conflict in Ukraine, we've also seen the accelerating impacts of climate crisis and hunger from around the world, from heat waves across the Horn of Africa and India to flooding in Nigeria and Pakistan, where one third of the country was completely submerged, washing away roads, homes, and crops. So these compounding effects of COVID, climate, the pandemic, means that more than 345 million people today around the world are now on the brink of starvation, a number that has more than doubled in the past three years. I want to bring this down to what this really looks like. And I, I don't think there's anywhere on earth where these challenges come together and align more clearly than Somalia where people in Somalia are facing the worst drought in 40 years, at the same time as food prices spiking globally, the supply of food kind of all over the place, and a fertilizer shortage because of, of Russia's aggression. So three months ago, I visited Somalia to see the work that our team was doing to support people there as they try to find a path through this crisis, and, and frankly, to try to raise attention to the fact that this was happening. I visited a makeshift camp on the outskirts of the city of Baidoa. And so what you have is people who are fleeing rural areas. Uh, these are mostly pastoralists, people who live on the land. They've basically lost everything. They've lost all their animals, all their crops land. And they're coming to the outskirts of these cities where organizations like Mercy Corps Mine and others are providing food, water, and medical assistance. I met people who had faced unimaginable suffering as a result of the drought. For those of us who were alive in the 80s during the original We Are the World, Michael Jackson, I felt like I'd been transported back to that. 
I spend a lot of time in, in tough places, and I, I still needed time to process everything that I had seen and heard. So I met a woman named Santoy Mursov. She was a grandmother, and she had walked for 14 days with her family in search of food and, and water, and, and really food. They were starving. And a lot of the families had traveled for that long. And she told me that while she adores her eight grandchildren, she had a special bond with her sweet and polite grandson, who was six years old, and his name was Abdullahi. I didn't get to meet Abdullahi because he didn't survive the journey from their home. He, like many other children, died of starvation along the way to the settlement camp. And Santoy, together with her daughter, had to bury that sweet boy's body on the side of the road. And sadly, that wasn't the only story I heard like that. And when I went to the hospitals, I saw children who were two years of age, 24 months, that weighed less than seven kilos. Yet even amongst this unimaginable hardship and grief, the power of the human spirit really comes alive. People are fighting for themselves and for each other. So I met this woman, Hala Isak, who has six children of her own, but she now cares for another six children who are orphaned by the drought. Like so many people, she used to be a farmer, her family had lots of animals, but the five failed seasons of rain had basically turned her crops to dust. So facing this catastrophe, she, like everyone else, walked home, searched for days. Now we are working with her. We've provided a small cash grant, which she uses to buy and sell fruits and vegetables, which helps her meet her family's needs. It helps her do trading for other goods that she needs. And, and it also kind of gives her children something to wake up to and be a little bit excited about every day. So you see lots of stories like that, of people like making a way, not just for survival, but because of that hope of that better future for their children. So the challenges that we face are immense, but we can rise to them together. I was completely inspired by the incredible response we saw when war broke out in Ukraine. People were donating to organizations like mine. I went to Poland to the border to see what was happening. People gave their time and energy and money to help migrants and refugees. So many of my European friends and colleagues had even put themselves on lists and were hopeful to get a Ukrainian family to come live with them and to provide shelter. And it was amazing. Yet, all I could think of was every refugee deserves this kind of welcome. <laughs> so I couldn't help be disheartened by some of what I saw and heard as the response unfolded. There were media talking heads, no one here, <laughs> um, who said that this was so shocking because it wasn't Afghanistan or Syria or Africa. It was Europe and people who could look like us and be our neighbors. With donor governments pulled funding, pulled our funding um, from crises in Myanmar and Venezuela to redirect it to Ukraine. This is also, I have to, to say, is a very, very expensive response. You know, imagine housing and, and helping all these people in the heart of Europe. So the message that all this sends, and I traveled to Lebanon just after Poland and then was in Africa, is that some lives are worth more than others. 
that the hunger, conflict, and the devastation of climate change is okay over there, but not over here. And Sophie alluded to this new non-aligned movement. I was in a session at the UN General Assembly a few months ago, and they had like 30 heads of state talking, so everyone has their little notes. And every single like global North person stood up, and before they said anything, talked about Ukraine and how they stand with the people in Ukraine and condemned Russia. Every single person from what we call the Global South didn't mention it at all. So it was just a stark display. But I feel like the true lesson of the 21st century and the only thing that I hoped would come out of COVID is that we would all see that our worlds are so interconnected, right? We could not contain COVID within our border. Our future is bound together with people we have never met, <laughs> who look different to us, who are on the other side of the world. Because in a world of pandemics, climate crises, global hunger, there is no us and them, right? It's only us. But this realization shouldn't overwhelm us. It actually should inspire us to really make small actions to make a difference and figure out ways in our own lives and in our own lines of work where we can contribute. Lebanon is one of the countries that has been hardest hit by the rising price of food in the war in Ukraine. I just mentioned I went there right from Poland. And before the war, Lebanon imported more than 80% of its wheat from Ukraine. So Lebanon already had been facing years of economic collapse. Then that was accelerated by this devastating border bomb. I don't know if you remember the Beirut port bomb. And so with that Beirut port bomb that's still not rebuilt, they actually don't have this like supplies of food that they normally had. So even before the war, like bread was one of the few affordable things that half the population that is living in poverty could afford. And so when I was there a week later, you saw that collapse prices had gone up over 30%. And with the collapse of the economy in Lebanon, the domestic economy, my team like really switched the work they were doing and work now with small businesses and craftspeople to help get their products to market abroad, working with traditional Lebanese dairy providers to learn how to make Parmesan cheese and other things that they can't so that they can continue to earn a living and support their families. I wear this necklace today because I met a gentleman named Mr. Nadar, who was a craftsman who lives in Saida, which is a beautiful city in southern Lebanon, home to many ancient monuments. And with help from us, he had brought a welding machine to accelerate his jewelry business and was marketing abroad. So this is actually something from his business. So we all have small things that we can do. Another example, we actually have a venture fund and there's so much opportunity in here. In fact, the handmade market is the second biggest livelihood opportunity in low-income countries after agriculture. So you have millions of high-skilled people, most of them women, who are depending on their craft for income. And while there's increasing consumer demand for ethically sourced products, it's connecting that to consumers to those creators isn't always straightforward. So one of the things my team has invested in is a new online marketplace to connect co cooperatives and social enterprises and businesses with global retailers. It's just one little example of how we're constantly searching for ways to make the world feel more connected um, and to bring the best of everyone to see the opportunities that can flow from these connections. 
So ultimately, this is how we will take advantage of opportunities that exist and overcome the global challenges that we face together. And I hope that all of you will leave with some hope and inspiration to do your small parts as we all are in this together. Thank you. You can catch up on all the videos from BOF Voices on our YouTube channel. Check out the link in the episode notes. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.